I'm not going to do it, Miles. I'm not going to do it. I can't do the voice. I refuse to do the... All right, fine. It's a The More You Nerda. We gonna make a, a Mario. I can't believe you made me do that. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite podcast. My name is Drew, and this is The More You Nerd. And today, in our video game month, we are making a Mario! And I'm super excited because I think I have a pretty fun idea, but I know who's not! Miles, how are you, man? Um, as described, not excited. I, It's, <laughs> it's funny, I when Drew brought the idea of doing a Mecha for the gaming month. I thought that could be super, super fun. We haven't done one for video games, I don't think. And I have generally had a great time every time we've done one. And then Drew follows it up with, I have a great idea for a Mario game, so we're going to do that. <laughs> and all of my excitement flew out the window and and this is less of a commentary on how i feel about mario games and more about the fact that there's so many mario games there's even two games where you can make a mario <laughs> so I, I i was kind of shocked by the hubris that drew is bringing to the table um and to which i said even though i acquiesced every single time you were like oh i don't know if i have an idea for that i thought i said i've got nothing because there are a ton of regular platforming titles 3d titles sports titles rpgs racers puzzle games two games where you can make any mario you want so i just had no idea what to to do i have you know some vague ideas but Drew was steadfast and, oh, I have a very fun Mario idea, and this is what we're going to do. So, All right, Drew, well, so, so here's, here's the deal. I, 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 I want to know where this came from, where, where, where it came from to do a Mario game. So uh, Mario uh, and, and his crew are all over uh, the different games. As Miles said, they're, they're playing soccer. They're playing golf. They're do throwing parties. They're uh teaching you typing all sorts of stuff well i think there's one aspect of the mario world that they have not gone into yet and this idea captures some of the 3d mario platforming fun but gives it a little spin that they haven't done yet and it actually borrows from one of the other major nintendo franchises Ooh, which one let's find out so uh, miles what do you know about princess daisy I mean, she's a princess yeah, from yeah. the early Mario game. Yeah. Well, do you know which one? Mario Land. Yeah. Super Mario Land on the Nintendo Game Boy is where Princess Daisy was introduced. And she is from a place called Sarasa Land, a land that has only been mentioned in Super Mario Land and Super Mario Land 2. Uh, because while Mario was saving Princess Daisy in Mario Land 1, Wario moved in to uh, to take over uh, his 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 home while he was out. Well, 
In this game, Princess Daisy has invited the rest of the Mario crew to Sarasaland uh, because the Sarasaland Cultural Society is trying to put together a project that journals the moments around the kingdom for both historical preservation and to teach the world about their region. So, how does this game work? You, each team is given something called a snapper, a device that is used to capture the moments along their journey and send them back to the SCS. Now, the SCS has a lot of things they want you to go out and snap throughout Sarasaland. So, go get snapping! But they aren't the only ones. Bowser and his team decided that they're going to get the job done first. Does the SCS give them the same list or a different list? And last but not least, a mysterious new character has reached out to Wario and Waluigi, smelling a treasure hunt. They join too, joined by their new contact, Princess Wanda. Oh, it's Super Mario Snappers, a photographic scavenger hunt set around the land of Sarasaland. Now, how does this game work, Miles? I'll tell you. Each team, and you can play this by yourself. You can play at couch co-op with your with up to four people, or you can do online multiplayer with all of the groups battling against each other. And you go into these different levels and you are assigned a, a scavenger hunt list to take pictures of with your snapper. So you go around and you and, and so some things will be easy, like, you know, find, uh, you know, uh, this particular vista, find this particular animal, find this particular creature. But some are interactive, like you need to get a picture of someone barely missing getting chomped by a piranha plant or 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 or, or landing in hot lava or things like that where and, and as as the list goes on as you complete the list you you get points and you you finish the level and go on to the next level because i'm imagining several different things kind of semi-open world but you know less fully open world and but the more fun comes in when you get to the the online component because you can then have the Wario team and the Bowser team and they're all competing against each other because your teams can mess up the other teams by getting into their shots and ruining their shot for the for the uh Sarasaland Cultural Society. Wow, the look on your face. You're like this is what you were wanting to do this for. <laughs> so, I mean, I, do I think it's a good idea? Yes. Um, I mean, a, a Mario version of Pokemon Snap sounds really fun. Yeah, except except unlike Pokemon Snap, which is on a path that you have to like look and take pictures of. This is is much it on more... a path in the original Pokemon Snap? Yes, very much so. Is it okay? I I couldn't. It's been so long since I've, I've played it. Yeah, but this I thought would be would be kind of fun. You know, you go out there, you have your your snapper, you pose pictures and and you run around the environment and you you do like sort of 3D Mario stuff. Uh, and, and there's kind of a fun, uh, fun element to that. I, I, I do wish it wasn't called Snapper. So I, I, I went back and forth between Super Mario Snap, but I thought that was too close to Pokemon Snap. I thought Super Mario Snapshot, which was uh but I thought that might be too on the nose, not not quite as cool. Snappers, I thought went along with like strikers and things like that. I, you know, I'm open to different names. I thought I thought snap was was the 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 key. Yeah, it's just uh, younger, younger, younger folk are going to giggle intensely because uh, snapper has at uh, several times been used for a colloquialism for a specific body part. And your confusion 
um, <laughs> greatly, greatly pleases me. Um, this is a PG-13 podcast, so I'm not going to say which body part, but I'm going to let you guess. I'm going to need you to message that to me because I have never heard that before. Um, I, 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 it might be. What did I hear? Maybe it's an Irish show or something. I can't remember, but um, it is. And I think it's, it's made its way here as well. Um, but it, Hang on, I'm it, looking it up the generation. on the dictionary. Hang on. I mean, I'm going to. Okay, I see that. And I see the last reference to it on Urban Dictionary from 2002. I don't know. No, it's more it's more recent than that. Um, But it has been used since then. But just saying uh, people being what they are and the Internet being what it is. The second that thing comes out. I'm just I'm just letting you know. That's the the risk you run. Well, then I'm not even going to tell you the other names that I had for Princess Wanda before, because uh, I thought a Wa princess would be very fun and very very. I think Wanda is great. I think I think Princess Wanda is very funny and it, and it fits. I, I think the idea is, uh, I mean, uh, all kidding aside, I think it's a very fun idea. I think I think it's something that would be really really cool, especially in a area of the Mario lore that is largely unexplored, and. Because I have always been a fan. I mean, I'm glad that they have been bringing like Daisy and Pauline, all these uh, characters from the early years of Mario, often from games that are largely forgotten or not used much. I mean, yes, we all know who Wario is, but how how often are people bringing up Mario Land games? Well, and that's the thing. Daisy, for a while, was thought that she was the the princess that came along with wario and waluigi because she kind of started coming back around when they started coming around but that's not the case she was years before wario existed and why is waluigi even a thing <laughs> i i mean i've i always was very partial to the mario land games i thought they were very fun um the first one is pretty easy but the, the first one well the first one's pretty easy but it's also like if you go back and look at mario land that game is who that's a it does not look good <laughs> that is early no, early game no work. but i mean it's 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 still a pretty pretty decent game so and that's what i kind of want to dive into like what is it about the mario world that and i guess that's what i wanted to ask you you know i know you said you had a really fun idea for mario and it is a very fun idea for mario but i wanted to know what was it about mario games that that made you want to select that IP over other options for at least this month. Well, so, so we talked offline about, you know, do you want to make a Zelda game? Well, yeah, but Zelda games, as much as I love them, my favorite video game franchise of all time, uh, home to many of my top 10 lists, including number one. Uh, but I thought, you know, there, there's only so much you can do with that to make it really different. And I don't feel, and, and a lot of that stuff is more gameplay and more and, and, and light story stuff than, than anything. So I'm not sure I agree. I think the problem is when you do something different, everyone's going to complain and say, it's not a real Zelda game. 
but they all come around like wind waker was not the was not a real zelda game because it looked like a yeah. cartoon oh, same with um majora's mask that movie that game did not win a lot of people over at the time and I, mean, I think it won a lot of people over but it also had a lot of people that were you know I mean, Wind Waker is one of my favorite games in the entire franchise. Well, Wind Waker I, is excellent. I have I have been ride or die for Wind Waker since it came out. I think that game is a triumph. But bring, bring I, I Wind Waker to HD to Switch, you cowards. <sighs> Let me start it. So I think there's I think there's plenty of, of game franchises to do stuff with. But I know we've talked about Resident Evil before and and, and frequently. So that wouldn't have made it a great conversation. I would have liked to have like you know done something else. So Mario, to me, I mean, obviously it's been a, a large part of my life. I do very much enjoy the franchise. I had a, a, a relatively good time with Super Mario Odyssey, except some of the game felt a little flat. And so I wanted- was that when they went into the pipes and turned into two D. Miles I, I is so the, mad at me, y'all. He's so mad at me. <laughs> I thought I thought the rabbit inspired villains of 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 Odyssey were a little lackluster. They were. They definitely were. I didn't like of Mario Odyssey, which I loved that game. I 100 percent of that game. The I keep wanting to call them rabbits, but they're not rabbits. Yeah, me too. But they're not. They're the the. And what are they called? I don't even remember what they're called. I I don't and I, I don't think it was anything that great. <sighs> Like, I feel like it was like Raboids or something stupid like that. It is the. Oh, gosh, where is it? Brutals, they're called the Brutals, which doesn't even make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. So one of my biggest complaints about most of the main Nintendo franchises and a lot of the main franchises in general are its lack of variety in villains. Like, I understand people love Ganondorf. I would love more games without Ganondorf. People love Bowser. I want more games without Bowser. People love... Dr. Wily love more games without Dr. Wily like and that's the if, if I were going to do a Mario game. And I, I didn't come up with a fully fledged pitch. And in fact, the inspiration for my initial idea came from a very, very unlikely game, <laughs> a licensed game, in fact, from 1995 called Virtual Bark. Virtual um, Bart. Which so Virtual Bart was a Sega Genesis simpsons game where bart is basically kind of hooked up to a virtual reality machine it's kind of like a nightmare and he spins around this circle and you kind of hit a certain world to go to there's a variety of different kind of worlds he can go into uh, from what i remember I'm, i might be mixing that a little bit with bart's nightmare but i'm pretty sure bart uh virtual bart had kind of a hub where you could select uh the world but I also think there was a randomization for it. There, there, I'm seeing a picture of a Bart that looks like a pig that is running away from. A oh, yeah. So in, 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 in various different stages, you played different versions of Bart. There'd be a dinosaur Bart or a baby Bart or a pig Bart. Class. But picture for Bart. me. 
I would want to do something that combines that with I love the spirit of Mario Maker. I love the idea that people are making different levels for different eras of Mario. And so I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if it was kind of a matrixy type of game where Mario is trapped in this virtual world and has to play through like different iterations of himself to get out. Okay. 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 So you have some stuff and I, I, and this, and this is one thing that most Mario games don't have. There is very, very seldom a narrative unless it's one of the RPG games. Like you'll have some quiet setup, but I do want there to be a little bit of a narrative and I want there to be a new villain who would be kind of a goofy techno themed villain that isn't at all related to Bowser or Wario. What about like what about Bowser Jr.? No, none of them. None what of about, them. I, what, I want something brand new. What about uh 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 I can't remember you say any mouse of the mouse or I'm gonna slap you. I can't remember any <laughs> of the Koopa kids' names. <laughs> what about Wart from Mario Nidwig. 2? But I mean, the, you could use different versions. You could use the Doki Doki Panic stuff. You could use basically every iteration of Mario. And then, like in Assassin's Creed, there would also be some like stuff that m- virtual Mario had to actually do. So, so, so Mario's going uh, to to uh, log into the uh, what? It, I can't remember what the thing in the uh, in the Assassin's Creed games were. The animus, uh, the, the animus. animus. Yeah. So, so something Mar- similar. Yeah. Um, because for me, I want to utilize everything that makes Mario fun from the platforming, from the 3D exploration and, and, and add a couple things there hasn't been done, like having some it would be kind of similar to Sonic Generations in, in some ways uh, mixed with Virtual Bart and Mario Maker. But you, utilizing all these chaotic elements to make just this wild Mario experience where you have, you know, the characters that you know and love put in maybe in different situations, like maybe go through the Mario one type stuff with Yoshi. Okay. 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 I'm into this. I'm into this. All right. So let's, 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 let's talk about the structure of this for the hub world, because I don't think we can do virtual Bart. I think it's gotta be, if I may. Yeah, go for it. I feel like this has to be a, a time travel pulled mario pulled out of time and put into this sort of timeless thing where he is not being exposed to virtual reality stuff but like different eras of mario games okay okay i I can kind of a multiverse of madness type of deal i guess yeah multiverse of mario which yeah there's a better name than that but we'll we'll get to that because um i don't know if you know this miles but sometimes multiverse is used as a term for a Anyway, <laughs> look it up on uh, Urban Dictionary. So, okay. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> You're exhausting. <laughs> Miles is so mad at me, guys. I I wish I didn't like it, but some a little bit of me does. A little bit of me I does. mean, no, I mean, for me, like, I'm trying to think of my favorite Mario memories and, like, what I would want to take out and improve upon. And my favorite Mario memories typically come from something that is new. Unfortunately, with Mario, I don't know if there's any new ground that can be made, but there's things that can be perfected. Like, I think that there's never quite been something that, as much as I've enjoyed 
almost every single one of the 3D games, nothing quite hits like Mario 64. So, okay. So here's, here's, here's a little twist. So, so the Mario team is inside Peach's castle. A gigantic beam comes down from the side, from the, from the sky, but it's not just a beam. It's like a prism. Like you're seeing like a, like a prismatic take around it. And all okay. of a sudden, different areas of Mario's or of Peach's castle, excuse me, suddenly look different. They look like different worlds and the where the areas that you go to. Um, oh, excuse me, I had to sneeze on air. Um, the different areas that you go to fit, fit more of a theme based on a different era. But because it's a prism a, and, and maybe some mirrors to it, like maybe you play Mario 64 as Wario. Maybe you play Mario one as as Yoshi. Maybe you play uh, there's there. We got to have a virtual boy Mario session. Um, I think that a a mini a series of was mini- there anything other than Mario tennis for the virtual boy? Uh, yeah, there was uh, there was a Mario game for the virtual boy. It was uh, was there. I think so. I thought I thought the Mario for Virtual Boy was canceled. There's I Mario Clash wrong. for Virtual Boy. Mario Clash. Is that even a Mario game? There's Mario Tennis. What is this game? It had like foreground and background that you would go back and forth between. Um, yeah, this looks awful. Well, it was on the Virtual Boy. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I had a virtual. Oh, no, I rented a virtual boy. Um, and I mean, Mario Tennis was fairly fun. I enjoyed Mario Tennis. I don't think I played anything else with a virtual boy other than Mario Tennis. <laughs> I, I would uh, honestly I, I will never own a virtual boy, but I kind of want to get one just because I have thing. no interest in owning a virtual boy. I know that like that is kind of a. uh, uh a newfound uh, collector's item for some people, but uh, I I played it. I'm I'm fine, never owning it at, at all. I'm I'm perfectly fine. Um, one thing that I'm not I spending four hundred dollars one on eBay. Sorry, no. Um, that kept coming into my head because I I want like I said I want there to be some sort of narrative, and I have very very fond memories of the old Mario cartoons. So I would like for the because of what we can do with graphics now for the actual regular stuff to kind of be presented as a mario cartoon fully voiced with dialogue in the same kind of way because those mario 3 and mario world cartoons were super super fun i had a great time with those back in the day chris press not doing anything we can get him no (laughs) no we cannot we will we will have uh, <laughs> other voice actors, including Mario's own. Um, I can't remember who they had voicing Mario in the the cartoons. It wasn't that Captain. Not. I, Captain Lou was in the in the original, but there was like several different Mario cartoons. Yeah, because there was and there, there was those Mario's. It was Super Mario World. Super Mario, Super Mario World. Um. I yeah I had a fun with all those cartoons and I I also grew up with Captain Lou and and friends uh, in that very very awkward cartoon and live action blend but I oh man that would be awesome 
Okay, so <laughs> having having the live action like I mean you can't you can't resurrect Captain Lou, but man, that would that would be great a way to bookend these 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 bits and pieces. Honestly, if you just got Charles Martinet, who is the longtime voice of Mario since Mario sixty four, to just be the live action Mario in these weird sort of like <laughs> Alan Wake control style odd <laughs> cutscenes, <laughs> would be so wild. I think it'd be fun. And, and that would kind of play a little bit more like a, a visual novel, which I guess is not something you see with much with Mario. Because um, this is a, a much better idea than my uh, Mario boyfriend pitch that <laughs> I abandoned immediately because I was like, no one's going to want this. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so so. We've talked a little bit about the gameplay. Obviously, we're yeah. going to try to jump between different gameplay elements. So. If we had to pick two Mario games to ooh idea idea you have to spin the prism in the middle of the castle and it randomly and I put randomly in air quotes picks two different Mario games to merge together and that's the level yeah, yeah, you I'm have to that. do I'm in that I like that a lot Okay so what do you merge together name name a game and a game where what do you merge together Um uh... <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 2 US and Luigi's Mansion. Okay. Okay. So Super Mario Brothers 2 US, which is the most different Mario game because it was not a Mario game. <laughs> no, but it's it's a fairly fun one. So so how so so Luigi's Mansion, uh how how do you how do we merge those two together? So Luigi's Mansion, a game where you are Luigi, who with a ghost vacuum, who's going around a haunted house, sucking up ghosts. And you've got Super Mario 2, which you're jumping on things. You're picking up things. You're finding secret keys. You're you're going through a lot of doors. And if you've ever played the Mario three castles, uh, those there's lots of doors. (laughs) So I I imagine it would be uh, kind of similar to that. But obviously with a modern design flourish, because I feel like um, Doki Doki Panic, which is what uh, Super Mario 2 US is a reskin version of. Um, I, I feel like that game largely lacks in in level design, but I feel like Luigi's Mansion has a lot to offer. So kind of imagine if you were making a. A 2D Resident Evil. OK, OK, so more top down than than side scrolling yeah do you get to pick a character and what are the different character abilities yes because at first i was like oh what if you randomize that too but that makes it too much more of a kind of a mario party type situation than an actual narrative so i i think maybe it depends on the characters that you pick like maybe you can only pick X amount of characters. There are so many available that can be part of the. Oh, man. OK. OK. I have an idea. So you, there are so many playable characters, maybe some that you can unlock, but and each one has their own narrative thing. But you can only choose like five of them per playthrough. OK, OK, because there's tons of Mario characters. And of course, you're going to get your big ones first. But then what happens when you go through this game as shy guy? Or Boo, or one of the Koopa kids, or Toadette, you know? Or Bullet Bill. <laughs> or a Bullet Bill. Bullet Bill's mansion. <laughs> but like, and I think that's that's the thing is like, I want 
every single character to have a narrative. Now, obviously, this is asking a lot, especially to make possible narratives for so many odd characters. <laughs> but you know what? I feel like they all deserve it. And I feel like if you're wanting to make the ultimate Mario game in terms of one that celebrates his history, one that has platforming, one that has exploration, like, because if you do something like Mario is 64 and Mario is missing. Imagine Mario is missing in 3D, but good. Imagine. Like, well, well, we'll never get Super Mario RPG back, which is. So, sad. you know, and that, obviously the first thing that occurred to me was just like another Super Mario RPG. So, but there are other Mario RPGs that are very good. You know, the, all of the, all of the um, the Bowser's inside story and uh, most of the Paper time. Mario games. Yeah, but all those those uh, handheld RPGs, they were all very, very good. I, I really enjoyed them. And, and some of them had a pretty solid story. I I really want more narrative in my Mario. Like, I love a simple platformer. I really do. But I feel like the problem is they've become so simple and in the way they're being presented, that simplicity does not always work in the way they're doing it. Mm. Because, I mean, Zelda Breath of the Wild had a gorgeous narrative comparatively to the rest of the franchise, because the rest of the franchise is a lot of times narrative light in terms of, you know, an actual narrative, not like this thing happened, this character is here, like here are actual character development moments in this game. You have to go find them. Of course, you can play through the whole game and not really get come across one of them. Yeah, that's true. But they're there. And I don't want it to be that sparse, but I want it. I want there to be some of that. Obviously not that deep, but I just can imagine what what fun you can have if you got to actually have some of these characters have like what if like Toad and a piranha plant have to team up on an adventure and develop a buddy cop story? <laughs> like, like I I understand that that would that would mean a lot of dialogue and paths for every single character, but I think it would be so fun and wild. So to to spoil the end of this game, we do need to talk about the the bad guy. You talked about wanting to have a new enemy, yeah. for Mario to face. So what do you think? Yeah. Well, if we're not doing the virtual reality thing, I don't want to go with a wizard. There's a lot of wizards in Mario in, sure. in some capacity or the other. And I don't want to go with another plumber type. So that. I also don't want something like Bowser. I don't want like, you know. Uh, what's his name from Donkey? Was it uh, K. Rule from Donkey Kong Country? Yeah. King K. Rule. King K. Rule. Um, so I don't want to necessarily want another reptile, but I want I want something fun and interesting. Um, I got it. It's because I've been watching Turning Red for like the third time. I was thinking, oh, maybe I have an evil red panda. <laughs> I got an idea for you. <laughs> Go for it. I'm, I'm down with the ideas. So this is a this is again, I. <laughs> I. Uh, I, I did a lot of research for my game. And I found a bad guy that has not been featured except in two games. I think I know who you're about to bring up. Oh, who you think? Who you think? Who you think? 
I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I gotta think of the name because um, I can picture him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, describe him to me, and I will. I will give you the name when you when you land on. Um, trying to. Oh. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. That's what I was, I was trying to look up. Just you go ahead and tell me. <laughs> so in Super Mario Land. Oh, we're yeah, back at Super I was, Mario that's what I was Land. Going. Yeah. Uh, oddly, we have a villain who is an alien named Tatanga, uh, who only appeared as the bad guy in his weird spaceship in Super Mario Land. And he showed up as a, a boss in one uh, le- a level of Super Mario Land 2. And I think he shows up in just like a, a, a coloring book game. But yeah, he's got a spaceship. He's got, you know powers and things like that it it, it, i am super super into that again like i said i i think the mario land games are a little underappreciated and i think you could you could redesign tatanga so that he's a little more interesting but i am super into the idea of bringing him back and maybe he's upset that he's so obscure yes you're you you are right with me on that he wants like 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 epic did you ever play epic Epic mickey i didn't uh so part of it is oswald the rabbit is so upset with mickey mouse because mickey is the icon and everything and he's starting to fade away because he's being forgotten oh I knew my I knew my research into Super Mario Land was going to pay off that I like I love it. I honestly didn't know that you were such a big Super Mario Land fan because I have always loved Super Mario Land. And no, I I think Tatanga is the perfect boss for that. He's got a spaceship already. He could be shooting that down. He could be mad that he's why does no one remember me? I mean, he's he could basically be like Mar- Mar- Mario's Thanos. He's purple alien. It's going to snap and half of your coins disappear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a weird thing. I, I, I'm into that. And I mean, I, I would love to bring so many of these other characters back. I love that you brought in um, Daisy and her her whole kingdom because we never ever talk about that area there there are rumors that sarasa land was going to show up in mario odyssey because there are uh moai statues like easter island statues that show up in that game right they were heavily featured in mario Mario land Land. yeah but that obviously didn't happen also did you know (laughs) that there were not goombas in mario land there were Goombos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a different variety of Goomba that only shows up there. What a weird thing. What a well, weird then that's thing. that's one thing that I, I like about some of these games. They introduce different types. And I mean, Modesty did a good job of doing that because there's the random element. But, you know, I want more than just. Goombas and piranha plants like if you look up like i mean i'm sure you did some of the the villains in mario land there are some wild ones yeah uh pion pies which are i I remember very well uh totomesu who's like a sphinx you fight yeah who shoots fire that was one of the hardest things in that game yeah yeah it's, it's definitely harder than the actual boss um 
I I would love to see that kind of stuff into this into this franchise. Bring back some of these obscure characters, breathe a little more life into it. And I yeah, I I I'm kind of into that idea. I was very, very against making a Mario game, but I, I would love something that kind of brings back Mario Land characters, but also just like brings everyone with a narrative and a wild element that can be chaotic but also the fact that like yes it's quote unquote randomized so maybe your your playthrough and your friends playthrough will not be the same or and it just it's all about replayability you go through this game over and over again to to and maybe when you're done and when you invariably make friends with tatanga at the end of the game because that's what always happens in games like this he keeps the crystal open so that you can just go back through and see what other varieties you can come up with so we did uh, Super Mario 2, American Super Mario 2, and Luigi's Mansion. Let's spin mm-hmm. the prism one more time and pick two more. What other things? I'm trying to do a sound effect, and it's not working with my hands because they don't <laughs> make sound other than a light tapping, snapping, or clapping. What? Uh, so name two more things. Let's talk about how those will come together. All right. Uh, well, since we talked about so much, Super Mario Land... And oh no, that would that would be too dumb. Uh, hmm, because I was gonna say like Super Mario Strikers. <laughs> <laughs> can can I throw one out there? Yeah, please do one. Wario teaches typing. <laughs> it is Wario Land, which if you're not familiar with the Wario Land games, they are a series of very small mini games that have to be done within five or six seconds. And Mario teaches typing, which was a typing game that you could play back in back when computers still had black and white screens. They were making Mario teaches typing Um, Mm -hmm. because that was always like a a present to to play in your computer class. Yeah. Uh, So that would be that would be what i would what i would pick and it's basically just a series of like almost a frog fractions like experience of just (laughs) going down the rabbit hole of these weird educational games with wario's weird spin on stuff and you know who you get if you 100 percent the game sonic (laughs) so you can finally have an official mario and sonic adventure Oh, that'd be great. I would like that a lot. <laughs> I, I, I very nearly joked in, in, in making just a Mario and Sonic game, but I felt like that was not in the spirit of what we're doing. But I would love there to be some weird thing that you could do Mario to Sonic, unlock Sonic the Hedgehog. Mario and Sonic had a game out together this year. Well, the Tokyo games or whatever. Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Yeah. Which, I mean, I like I love that they do that. But I would honestly, I legit, I would love for them to do a Mario and Sonic game like together. I mean, they're both platformers and there are different things you could trade off because they have different skill sets. And I think it would be a lot of fun because two of the most iconic video game stars of all time have never featured in a pro- sounds so D-baggy, a proper <laughs> game together. It's always, you know, it's always a spinoff. The, the, Oh, yeah, it's spin-off. always a spinoff. It's always the Olympics. It's always did they do a racing game together? No, they no, did something. They've each else. done racing games, but they have not done one together. It's just, it's just been the Olympic stuff. 
Wait, Winter Olympics, Tokyo Olympics. I think stuff? it's only been the Olympics. Uh, I okay. would. I just. I love the opportunity that they can now make Wanik the purple and yellow hedgehog. <laughs> I okay. Almost... <laughs> okay. You you got me. You got me there. <laughs> Drew's laughing because I was I was legit taking a sip when he said that, and I felt legit spit it out because that that is that is great. That is that is top tier. <laughs> Um, it's it's such a bad pun that works so well because of the franchise. Um, and I mean, do you do that? Do you do that to the entire Sonic crew? Do you have whales? <laughs> you could, you could. I'm I'm googling to see. Okay, Wanik. Someone else has already thought of Wanik, and it's just a Wario Sonic uh, mix. I mean, but, it's got to uh, be. It's got to be. It's got to be. He's got to have a mustache. Yeah, this one's this one's not good. But yeah, you have Wanuck, you have whales, you have um Wanuckles because <laughs> Wanuckles is the Waluigi of the the Yes. And I love that we said that at the same time. <laughs> oh man. And um, big the Yeah, that, op- that opens a whole floodgate, but I mean, I mean I just I want to play more with all of the wild things that Mario has to offer and I feel like as much fun. I mean, I did generally have fun with Odyssey, despite I, I thought parts of it were lacking and the bosses were kind of not fun. Um, I, 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 I loved Sonic Odyssey or Sonic Odyssey. Golly, I'm looking at Sonic pictures of what I'm talking. I loved Mario Odyssey. I think it is the most inventive Mario game in a long time. And I don't, it is in, and I don't, in certain ways. I don't know how they do another Mario game without Cappy because Cappy's such a cool mechanic. And I love it. I, I so thought, I mean, much. I, I loved the Kirby mechanic. Um, I mean, I guess that is just a Kirby mechanic, isn't it? But no, I know I think I think the game was inventive, but I felt like there are so many aspects of the game. Like, I think I feel from a design perspective and from. Um, I guess an adversary perspective that felt like it was holding back the concept because there were so many awesome things about Mario Odyssey, and I thought Cappy was one of them. Honestly, love that theme song. Love all, that theme song. All of the music in Mario Odyssey is exceptional, and I wish yeah. they would put it on streaming is it not no it's not you can buy the albums on amazon and itunes and all of that but the right. the, the music certain the music is not on. well at least the official music is not on streaming oh well actually or did they just know. put out a big thing on youtube that has just get music? taylor swift to cover the song be fine and then and then nintendo will finally be bullied into doing it <laughs> Honestly, a Taylor Swift cover of uh, the the Pauline song in be great. New Dong City would be pretty dope. You'd be, be pretty, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's weird because I I was so mad at you for making me do this, but I I I think I had more fun just talking about Mario games in this capacity because it does kind of ignite your love for the franchise and for the character, which I do. I do love that character. I no, think I- Mario. Is timeless, and, and you realize it's not just character; it's characters. There are yeah. a ton of Mario characters that ninety-five percent of humanity does not remember. Like I remember the alien from Mario Land because I played those games because I am old. But well, you were also—I think you—you you brought this up when we were talking about Link's Awakening. You were very much a Game Boy guy for a while. It, it was my first 
it was the first thing that was mine. I had played uh, a Nintendo. I had played Mario one. I had played Mario two. I played track and field with the with the pad where you had to do the all that stuff. But I oh, really you didn't get on your hands and knees and just start pounding the pad because that's no, what we did. No, because it was at, <laughs> it was at the Y after school program. So you know you you did what you did what was expected of you. <laughs> you're on the up and up because you're yeah. being watched. So, that's not what happened in the Griffin household. <laughs> <laughs> we were rogues. <laughs> so, but with that, um, I. I but the Game Boy was was mine. And I remember specifically, like I'm looking at Mario Land right now. How many levels did Mario Land have, Miles? How many levels? Six. It had. Th- or, uh, it had wasn't f- it six. It had four worlds. Uh huh. Three levels each. OK, 12 levels. That's such a short game. I remember spending the entire day trying to play that game. And and this is when this is back in the day when these games did not have save files to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not. You when you started a game of Mario Land, you started from level one, one, and you just played until you you couldn't. And I remember like I remember getting my mom involved because she she was getting into the Game Boy with me and just trying to you know, she would be better at some levels and I would be better at other levels and just all of that stuff. And then I remember Super Mario Land 2, which was just such a better put together game and such a better designed it's, it's, game. Well, because I feel like did it wasn't it that the Mario Land game was kind of a surprise, like decent hit. And then they decided to pay attention to it. I mean, they're very, very different. Mario Land has much is it's much more like Mario one in that. Like, yeah. Mario is relatively small on screen. The blocks are really small. The levels are scaled kind of like Mario one, but Mario land two. And I'm looking at this again, doing this, doing this, like doing this, like a, a question mark block takes up half the screen <laughs> in Mario land two. It, it, they are, <laughs> they are much it's a much different game but it had it had different you know just it felt good mario land 2 i kind of want to play that game again because again i remember playing that game a lot and i don't remember if it had save i don't think it did but i don't remember but it had a whole Do you have a favorite mario game yeah i probably do and i think i go half and half on this um i love super mario rpg uh i take bring it to the switch yes i i i kind of wrote myself in a hole there but Um, but that's also mostly a square soft game than a nintendo game um i'm i'm gonna be honest man I Mario is I'm not I'm not huge on Mario. I'm not a big Mario guy. I haven't played most I've played most Mario games. I have not finished nearly any Mario games. I the the Mario games that I have finished are Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2 and Mario Odyssey. <laughs> and I don't think that's necessarily the uh the 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 coolest uh thing but i will say uh of the 2d mario games i i have so many memories of super mario land 2 and the 
interesting mechanics that they had because it was one of those things where it's like war, mar, uh, like I'm going to bring up Link's Awakening uh, on the game. Okay. Link's Awakening was a tremendous, tremendous Game Boy game, probably the best Game Boy game to ever get made. And yes, I'm including all the Pokemon. Oh, yeah, I said it. Um, because what they did is they took they, they took the success of uh, of the greatest game of all time, uh, Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, and they scaled it down to the Game Boy. But because it was a Game Boy game, they also just took the reins off. They did not really care that much what happened in that game. And what happened is they made something truly exceptional and they created mm-hmm. things in that game that. That that stood the test of time mario land so mario land one is just like level to level to level to level mario land 2 has an overworld like mario 3 and super mario world does yeah it has different levels that are themed themed levels you have the tree zone, which has a, a whole bunch of bee enemies and, and tree related enemies and ants and a bird as a boss. You have the space zone, which features Tatanga. Hey, he's back uh, as, as a level. You have the the macro zone, which was you as a tiny version of Mario in a gigantic oversized house fighting things the pumpkin zone which is all halloween themed the mario zone which had the three little pigs boss which i hated the three little oh, pigs boss oh man that just brought me back the three it, little pigs boss was awful yeah it's just, so it it's it's one of those things where where like that idea of these themed levels that were th- like it was a set of levels that were themed around one thing i feel like you don't have that kind of style to a game again until Mario Odyssey. Yeah, you've got like un- the underwater level and the fire level and things like that and the underground level. Well, and that's so been- I feel like I, I will I will I will say that Mario, I, I would say I would agree with that with the exception of Super Mario Brothers 3, because I, I think that Super Mario Brothers 3 has a very, very creative amount of worlds and levels. And also the idea that the entire thing's being a play being put on, which I think is extremely novel. Um, I But I do think that the eighth world is one of the most su- insufferable things that has ever been in a Mario game. Uh, which one's eight? Is that the, the Bowser's uh, skyship yeah. fleet? Yeah. Yeah. But but again, like, also and one of the most unfun castles because it's uh, timed and I feel like half of it's in the dark. It's I, I just I hate that. I hate that world. It's just not fun. I'm just I'm, I'm looking at 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 Mario Land 2 again and just sort of realizing how innovative this game was to the world of Mario in a way that I I don't remember it being that innovative and and it's so wild like macro zone like i I'd, I'd forgotten about the macro zone but it's it's so wild it is just like you're in a, a, a tiny house you're in a giant house and you're mario in a giant house and you're fighting like ants that are huge and all these things and well and this is why and this is why i i get so upset with nintendo and why a lot of people get upset with nintendo and sony on the subject of game preservation, because I would love for us to be able to like, you know what? We're going to do Mario two next week. 
but they don't make it super easy for us to do. Mar- Can you get it on the, the 3DS handheld up? At I, moment? You could before the 3DS store closes down. So, but it's not closed down for another year, right? Uh, I don't know if they've changed that because there's been some other elements of that this week that might just Lovely. be a bug in the system um i just <laughs> i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this miles and then we're gonna wrap up talking about mario um super mario land 2 uh the uh super mario land 2 and the six golden coins is is how that was subtitled does feature a bad guy called f boy and that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> uh, just because that's very, very funny well, in the context I of remember the 2020s. Of any Game Boy game, I remember that one being a pretty big deal. Mario 2 and the Six Golden Coins. I mean, I remember seeing commercials on TV during uh, Fox cartoons before Batman came on. I remember, I mean, I remember the whole the whole deal because I remember the like um, the what was it? The the hypnotizing Wario commercials that would come on. You know, I, obey Wario. I don't remember that because I don't think they had had done the the. I don't remember those, but it's been. Oh, Lord, let's see. 1992 is when that game came out. So it's literally been almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Try again. 30 years. Right. What, what, what's that number, buddy? What's that number? How long's it been? 30 years that's right there he is there he is there's my big boy i'm a millennial gold, gold I can't star do math. for you today <laughs> yeah it has been 30 years um and but no in all seriousness i think it's really important to talk about these games because one some of them offer some really really cool things or had an impact on the games that you played you just didn't know it and Link's Awakening I, had was the first Zelda game to have dungeon specific music. Like you may think about Zelda games and having the greatest music in games of all time or whatever, but those Ocarina of Time songs don't get made without Link's Awakening having specific music per dungeon. You know, I, I've been I've given uh drew hell for years about his love for Link's awakening and i played the switch remake um not super long ago and was absolutely floored by that game and and from what i from what i've come to understand it's basically a pitch perfect remake just done in a prettier version so uh, that game is immensely impressive and and I know that it was done as a labor of love because it pushed the <laughs> it pushed the con or the handheld as far as it could go. It did things that no one else thought to do or dared to do at the time. And it also did to take a what was becoming a beloved franchise and get weird. And I have immense respect for it. It also has a very very unsettling ending that I love very much. And I know that the creator says that they were very much inspired by Twin Peaks and it shows uh, that game. And it's another game that for a lot of people, yes, you had a Link's Awakening DX. It did pop up. It was on eShops, but it's not one that people talked about except for people like Drew. Um, but and I, and I love 
I adore the Switch remake. I think it is an immaculate remake. It's gorgeous. And it's the way that that game should be played, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, now make Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons in the same oh, engine. Oh, you, you know I am on. You know I am on that <laughs> board. I that was a dumb way of saying that. Um, the, but you the, know that the the only I way been, I have been screaming into the void about wanting a remake of those games for ages. I also love that we're just yammering on about like old Nintendo games because frankly, I'm that's what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, look, this is the thing, gang. We love old Nintendo games. We love again. I will say I also will say and this is why Link's Awakening was so good on Switch. I love what I remember those games feeling like. And I think what. I think what that game does, is it takes that game, it perfects everything that needs to be perfected, and it shows you what you can do. If anything, I just appreciate that this episode today has been a love letter to this thing that's in my hand right now. Miles? He is uh, flaunting a Nintendo Game Boy in front of me. And you know what's wild is I love the aesthetic of the Game Boy. I love the way it looks. I actively dislike playing that thing. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Second yeah. of all, I look, it. I grew up playing that thing too. <laughs> um, I, I love the aesthetic of the Game Boy. I think uh, that kind of thing was perfected with the Game Boy Advance SP. Uh, it is my preferred Nintendo handheld in a lot I mean, of ways. The, the Game Boy, Miles, we just, we have I know I said we we're going to end this episode and we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about next week, but no. I'll you know talk. what? We never get to talk nerdy. No, let's, wanna, let's freestyle. Let's freestyle. I kind of want to talk about the Game Boy next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not doing that. Uh. <laughs> we, I mean, because if we're going to talk about the Game Boy, I want time. I want to be able to do some good research. I want to be able to actually play some good games. I am not going to call uh. that 800 number. Do you think this 800 number on the back of the Game Boy is still in service? Why don't you call it right now? I don't want to. Do do it on the podcast. (laughs) And I I hope to God, I hope to God a sex line (laughs) bought it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you remember there's a contrast slider on this thing? I do remember that. Oh my gosh, I forgot about the contrast slider. Holy cow. Okay. All right, gang. Um, You've so the, you. and the Game Boy is is interesting. <laughs> this this is this is going off the rails. This is going off the rails. This is what happens when Drew and I don't have a plan. We both drink. Um, Copyright nineteen eighty nine, baby. So I will say this, Drew. That thing is in excellent condition. Um, you should be pretty proud of yourself. If that's if that's your is that your original Game Boy? Uh, so I so I th- this may is probably not my original Game Boy. Um, I don't know because I don't have batteries in it, although I I did was lucky enough uh, and smart enough to take the batteries out. So they're not corroded batteries in there. Um, so my daughter has gotten really into uh, Pokemon. Let's go Eevee, uh, which is a a relatively like it's a com- combination of Pokemon Red and Blue, the original games with Pokemon Go as far as the gameplay mechanic is concerned. And I have my copies of Pokemon Red and Blue right behind me on the Game Boy that I'm sure the batteries are dead in. But I I want to I'll show make a lot her. Of money off those. Hmm? <laughs> you probably make a lot of money off those too. Oh, I mean they're they're right here, man. I still have the still have the cases. 
I don't know if that's even picking up. It's not at all. But uh, I I want to I want to uh, put them in. I want to put batteries in this thing. I want to start it up. But uh, I got actually because my Game Boy started to have a line running through the screen. I ended up getting a clear Game Boy of the same style when they did the uh, the clear version or the, the different colored versions, which uh, Mike and I, uh, if you guys remember Mike on, on the show, um, we were talking Ooh. about this just the other day uh, about like the 90s uh, uh, video game advertisements. Um, and. Uh, but I learned much later in life that the 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 lines running through the screen are usually just something that just needs to be cleaned and the contacts within the Game Boy and uh, that a Game Boy cleaning kit, which was a thing that you could get, um, would probably just take care of that. But we didn't know that at the time. Um, I lied. Pokemon Red's not worth that much money. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I mean, it's it was so ubiquitous that I would imagine that it would not be worth anything. Yeah. But so the weird thing is now uh, in the secondary market, especially in the last five years, has become um, extremely it's almost like NFTs. <laughs> it's just become nonsensical. What would you say, however, to a copy of Pokemon Blue that had all 150 Pokemon on it? Yay. Um, but a lot of retro games for better, for worse, a lot of times it's it's the ones that are harder to find, but even, even regular games that there are literally a million copies of have had skyrocketing values. I remember before Sony put final fantasy seven on the PSN on, in the PS three days, a copy of a hard copy of final fantasy seven would go for over a hundred dollars. At, at any game store. And it was ridiculous because there was no reason for it to. There's over a million copies of it. It's not a rare game. On on uh, on Reddit today, I saw that uh, a a cop, a a disc copy of uh, Xenogears is worth one hundred and fifty dollars. Which, by the way, is a game you can buy on the PS3 and PSP uh, PS PlayStation Network store for six (laughs) dollars well and that's why it's only 150 uh but the the problem is unless you have a vita or an old ps3 yeah sony fix that yeah so with that said i think that's we're going to wrap up our conversation we, we, we have we have devolved into just drew and i waxing as if we're on a streaming show right now you know, and guess what, gang? It's okay. Hey, you know what? If you want us to do more stuff about old games, I will do that. Oh. <laughs> I love old games. I I was I was gonna pitch a summer of retro games at some point. So <laughs> yeah, like like and and it's it. Well, the thing is, like I and that's another thing. I think of retro games because I am a millennial that's nearly forty years old as being games from the seventies that are not mine. Uh, not not my era, but no. Wait, no, you don't. I do. I do think of retro games specifically as like Galaga and Pong and Pac Man and things like that. I should not because I'm old enough not to be able to know that. I mean, Miles, you literally saw me do the math live that Super yeah. Mario Land <laughs> Two came out thirty years ago, and not. 20 years ago as if a 20 year old game is not already an old 
game. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, this is happens to everybody because I remember when um, there used to be. I'm assuming it used to be. I can't imagine it still exists. A magazine called Retro Gamer, and I remember passing that magazine at a Barnes Noble, and the cover was Tomb Raider, and this was, I mean, again, print magazines were still being made in a niche format at a national national book chain, so. I would say this would have been 2009-ish. Um, Tomb Raider I don't would think have 10 been... years... I don't think 10 years is really retro. At that time, it would have been about 15 for Tomb Raider, which is uh, starting to get to that that thing. I, I think of retro as anywhere from 15 to 20 years um, I, because I, it's a generational thing. So, like, the stuff that we... When we often talk about retro stuff, it's often from the 90s, which is now 25 years ago. Yeah, Miles, did I? Oh, I'm going to tell you. Okay, this story, gang, this is this is this is one of those stories that is is going to kill on the Cosmic Crit Discord if anybody listens to this. Um, So a few years ago, anyone on that Discord listens to us or not. (laughs) I know at least two do. Uh, But uh, a few years ago, is it us? At least two more. I don't listen to the show. What are you talking about? I'm on the show. I don't listen to it. Um, (laughs) Uh, a, a few years ago, uh, before my grandfather passed away, I was visiting him in uh, his the he had dementia and he was in a home for for that. And they played like a a, a, a quote, oldies station in that in that uh, place. And as I walked to that oldie station and heard. <laughs> Oh, I know the pieces fit and I watch them fall away playing in this old folks home. Because that song was old enough to be on the oldie station. Oh, man, we're old miles. We're old. I can't wait till <laughs> old folks home and like someone walks in there playing like my chemical romance. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that, that 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 very idea like actually makes me laugh it's because it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah i don't know i i just don't have the the anxiety about that i i'm anxious enough about plenty of things in my life getting older for what some reason isn't one of them oh because you're a millennial <laughs> yeah i am uh, all right gang so you? speaking of things to be anxious about miles <laughs> what are we gonna talk about next week at long last, Drew cannot put it off anymore, no matter how often he refers to Super Mario Land. We are finally going to talk in this much derailed video game month <laughs> about <laughs> this month has like gone through like five phases. It's been a it's been a wild, wild first quarter of a year for the both of us it's been super crazy gang super crazy you're just uh, i'm not, i'm just glad we're still it's putting not that letting up anytime soon for me <laughs> um <laughs> we are going to talk about elden ring the new FromSoft game and i am so excited to actually talk about this uh to to a live human because i've talked some with our, our good buddy mike maybe we'll try to force him to come on the show uh who is a massive uh, FromSoft fan. I've talked to him some while we were both playing the game. 
separately, but I haven't really talked to a lot of people. People have asked me questions about the game in real life, uh, mostly about the accessibility of it. And the wild thing about this game is how accessible it is, as well as it not being as accessible as some people make you think it is. And that's a weird thing to say, because I think FromSoft games are pretty accessible, but they all they do carry the banner of being challenged to the average person. And that's OK. The, the That's part of the fun. And so we'll go, we'll get into that. We'll get into the the nature of the open world game. There's a lot of a lot of comparisons to Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of comparisons to uh, <laughs> The Witcher, but I think it's mostly because those are open world games that did it well. And I think that it'll be interesting to talk about how well FromSoft crafted their own open world game in a landscape where the open world game is not as smiled upon as it used to be. The, there are too many open world games. As someone who is playing multiple open world games right now, as someone who likes that just sounds exhausting. As someone who likes open world games, oh. I I like them, but I don't want every single thing I'm playing to be an open world game. Agreed, agreed. Just two of them happen to come out the same week. Uh, yeah, well, th- this this quarter has been the, I mean, the Island of Misfit Toys because so many so many games that were supposed to come out late last year just got shuffled to February March, and we suffer. Three games that I really wanted to play all came out in the same week, and I've been able to spend no time on most of them because I had so much personal stuff going on. (sighs) Anyway, that is what we're going to talk about next week. Elden Ring. Uh, I will hopefully get past the first little area that I am in uh, because I am bad at this game. Yes, I am. Uh, to try to talk about it. So it may just be me talking about the first little camp of guards as that you could easily bypass before you get to the first, uh, that you uh, should bypass. Well, we'll talk about that because well, yeah, we will talk about because how should, to play Elden ring next week, <laughs> because should carries a very big asterisk, uh, when it comes to Elden ring, uh, because, uh, this game is pretty open. Uh, so in the meantime, if you would like to contact us, you can find us at the for all of our 10 years of episodes, almost 11, actually, now that we talk about it, very, very close to it. You can, uh, tweet to us at the more, you nerd. you can go to facebook.com slash the more, you nerd, and you can email us your questions, comments, concerns, ideas, reactions, the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. In the meantime, we end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. Out. out. Let's uh, go.